called her uncle, said we're up here for the holiday. Jane and I were having solstice, now we need a place to stay. And her Christ-loving uncle watched his wife hang Mary on a tree. He watched his son hang candy canes all made with red dye number three. He told his niece it's Christmas Eve I know our life is not your style She said Christmas is like solstice And we miss you and it's been a while So the Christians and our pagans sat together at the table Finding faith and common ground the best that they were able Just before the meal was served Hands were held and prayers were said Sending hope for peace on earth To all their gods and goddesses The tree plugged in, the meal had gone without a hitch Till Timmy turned to Amber and said, is it true that you're a witch? His mom jumped up and said, the pies are burning And she hit the kitchen, and it was Jane who spoke She said, it's true, your cousin's not a Christian But we love trees, we love the snow, the friends we have, the world we share And you find magic from your God, and we find magic everywhere so the Christians and the pagans sat together at the table Finding faith and common ground, the best that they were able Where does magic come from? I think magic's in the learning Cause now when Christians sit with pagans, only pumpkin pies are burning Tried to do the dishes, her aunt said, really, no, don't bother Amber's uncle saw how Amber looked like him and like her father He thought about his brother, how they hadn't spoken in a year He thought he'd call him up and say, it's Christmas and your daughter's here He thought of father's sons and brothers, saw his own son tug his sleeve Saying, can I be a pagan? Dad said, we'll discuss it when they leave so the Christians and the pagans sat together at the table Finding faith and common ground, the best that they were able Lighting trees in darkness, learning Lewis from the old And making sense of history and drawing warmth out of Are you ready for the end of the world? <laughs> Listen to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again. Did I skip something? Oh, uh, no. The circle of friends, <laughs> the circle of family, the circle of being. I did skip the, you know, family, being. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I did, you didn't get to it yet. You didn't oh, skip it. Oh, okay. <laughs> what? And be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. You are listening to your community spirit on your community radio. This is Or the Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. He's trying to catch, keep up with me on my energy. <laughs> so, um, we do put out a newsletter that has everything we talk about weekly, and then Tree Song tries to back up our show. If you want to listen to the archive show, it is at yourcommunityspirit.org. If you want to be on our newsletter, it is, I forgot, 
There's an email address. Info <laughs> at your community spirit. <laughs> I should check and see if that email works. <laughs> Although I have got an email recently. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Occupy everywhere. Occupy. OccupyUpdatesDaily.blogspot.com. Occupy Tulsa was told to remove their tents after a surgeon and some backup cited an ordinance. Apparently, the ordinance was against sleeping in tents, but no one was sleeping in them. When the news station KRMG later called the police department to find out what happened, they were informed that the surgeon had already gone home for the day and that all the high-ranking officers and supervisory officers had no knowledge of the event. So does that mean that the surgeon acted without permission? Yeah, yeah, the sergeant, I don't know. It's It sounds like he at least didn't talk it over with his coworkers. <laughs> all right, so some other news. Uh, UC Davis and UC Berkeley officials are under the microscope this week as legislators are holding a hearing to figure out what happened at their individual protests. UC Davis is famous for the pepper spraying incident in which an officer who's now on leave walked down a line of sitting students while sweeping a line of pepper spray into their faces at point-blank range. UC Berkeley had its moment when police used batons on students and teachers alike, dragging a female protester by her hair at least 10 feet and beating U.S. Poet Laureate Robert Haas with batons. Guess that's what they do to poets these days. Uh, state legislators are extremely unhappy with the way the linked colleges have handled the events. I can't imagine why. <laughs> a cameraman who was struck by a beanbag by police while filming has found that the officer who shot him has been reassigned during the internal investigation. According to the police's own policies, a beanbag may only be shot with the supervisor's permission, and the person shot must be transported to a hospital. The cameraman was not transported to a hospital, nor has he been spoken to about the investigation. He is suing the police department. <laughs> yeah. So it's okay to shoot somebody. <laughs> as long as you take him to the hospital after. <laughs> Just like <laughs> Well, and part of, part of what's, I mean, what it seems like to me what they do sometimes is they do things that they know they're going to get in trouble for, they, that they know they're going to, uh, you know, they're not supposed to do. But in the moments, they want to do it to clear away that protest, and they don't care if it's breaking the law. And then they deal with the, the pay fines or whatever later, you know. Sounds like corporations. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, there's a law, but let's see. We'll break it, and we'll pay the, for the consequences later. Yeah. Okay. Well, and that's why they need actual disciplinary consequences for individuals and not just fines. <clears throat> All right. Other news. Occupy Portland was locked out of an EGT building yesterday after they went to speak with the company about their continued labor disputes with longshore workers. When protesters went to enter the building, the doors were locked, and one woman working inside uh, flipped them off. <laughs> That's professional behavior there. Uh, when the occupiers called the office, they were told the company would not see, send a representative down to speak with them. One protester who made his way to uh, into the building another way sat down and refused to leave, but was removed by police. This, this is like childish behavior <laughs> it's like someone behind the glass going nah, 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 nah. you know <laughs> yeah. you can't get me <laughs> yeah that is pretty silly it's like <laughs> the port of oakland is reporting between four to eight million dollars lost due to the port shutdown on monday truck drivers have mixed feelings about the protest some say they support the movement's goals others say they don't understand because 
They are the ones losing paychecks, and they are, well, the 99% as well. For every day that truck drivers are late delivering cargo, regardless of reason, they are charged $100. Yeah. What I like about these Occupy events is they are actually exposing issues. Yeah, they're exposing a lot of dirt. Yeah, they're <laughs> exposing the fact issues. that you know people can't be in a park after a certain time. Yeah. It's a public park, but you are not allowed to be there. I mean, they have the law to... You know, they can arrest you and haul you away. Yeah. I mean. And they also, I mean, for me, I, it, I learned a lot, about a, lot of, about a lot of issues related to uh, truckers because of this port shutdown. Because there was an article I read that described, it was by a couple of the truckers. I think it was collaboratively written. And it's, uh, it describes some of the issues they've dealt with. And uh, it's not really good working conditions being a trucker, you know. <laughs> There's some really harsh working conditions. And uh, so many of them, they, they were conflicted feelings about exactly how to feel about the blockade itself but they were very supportive of the the message that you know that's the the 99 percent are being exploited by the one percent so i it, i learned a lot about uh, that issue you know you trucks come and deliver stuff you don't think about it it's just oh it appeared magically yeah. <laughs> but there's someone who came a long way to bring you that food yeah. and they usually don't get paid they they get paid like Minimum wa- less than minimum wage workers, you know, it works out. Yeah, I mean, it's usually and the most of the truckers I know. Um, I know quite a few truckers from Tennessee and Alabama, and mm-hmm. they went into trucking because it didn't take any knowledge or education. I mean, well, it did take knowledge of driving, and yeah. most most people in the South, like myself, grew up. I was started driving a tractor when I was eight years old, so I'm very good at driving. Mm-hmm. And so I could, I, I have wanted to, you know, romanticize truck driving and wanted to see the country. You don't get the chance to see the country. You get to see the highways. <laughs> yeah, see lots of highways. <laughs> <laughs> Occupy New Orleans lost their temporary restraining order yesterday with a judge saying they did not properly prove their case. Earlier that morning, two police officers, under the impression that the occupiers had violated the terms of the restraining order, drove around the camp at 5 a.m. with loudspeakers using fake Russian accents to call the protester comrades and said they violated the order. (laughs) See, there's more of that uh, professional behavior. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Sounds fun. All right. Occupy KC has banned a protester from their encampment following revelations of his sexual impropriety. Uh, The man's facing charges of first-degree rape and has many other allegations against him by women including stalking and harassment. Part of the statement released by Occupy KC reads, uh, We feel that Michael's action have revoked his ability to have any involvement at any level with Occupy Kansas City. Our hope is that this action, coupled with the many previous actions of other activists and community members, will encourage Michael to seek the help that many of us believe he needs. Uh, yeah, Occupy Kansas City takes the safety of our community very seriously. We seek to continue to create a space for people of all colors, sexes, sexual preferences, classes, and religions to assemble peacefully. Thank you for your continued support. So yeah, that's it's very important that they do something to deal about that, deal with that, because you know, in addition to the fact that it sounds like there's going to be, you know, legal action taken against him, uh, you know, they've got to not let someone like that stay a part of the community. Well, I mean, it's supposed to be a safe place where people can speak their mind yeah. in all cases, correct? I mean, <clears throat> yeah, it is. And then, you know, because it's in an open public place, you end up getting people who want to exploit that. And so you have to take actions internally to address that. 
and it's good to see them doing so. Occupy Chicago is joining up with teachers to prevent <clears throat> the closing of several schools and the turnaround. What's I wonder what that means. It's <laughs> in quotations. The turnaround of others. Yeah. The Chicago Teachers Union is unhappy with both plans as closing schools will simply cause children to be bused to other underfunded districts. And turnaround includes the firing of all teachers, requiring them to reapply for their own positions. <laughs> yeah. That's an old trick that they usually do piecemeal. They're like, oh, you've been working here too long. We'll fire you and rehire you so you get less pay. Um, apparently, the mayor wants to increase the number of charter or private schools in Chicago. <laughs> um, they're like, well, we're incompetent to uh, do it, so let's see if someone else can do it. Yeah. That was, I don't know. <laughs> That's what a lot of politicians seem to do. They'll mis mismanage uh, public institutions, run them into the ground, and then say, Oh, look, public institutions aren't working. We've got to go to private institutions. Uh-huh. <laughs> and what a coincidence. That was what my supporters wanted. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, some other news. Uh, in an interesting twist, Russia is condemning the United States for their use of force and unjustified cruelty against peaceful protesters. Uh, Konstantin Dolgov, Russian's foreign ministry's human rights envoy, clearly stated that he believes the Occupy movement's actions have been mostly peaceful and that it's the authorities using undue violence against them. Now, of course, <clears throat> somebody is going to use that to say that, yes, all occupiers are communists. <laughs> yeah, that must be why that those officers earlier were saying communists. Yeah, they, like, they were so up on the news that they knew that Russia was condoning <laughs> them for their their violence. Yeah, I'm sure it was. And so it must be that everybody is communist. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's so black and white. I'm glad that we have exposed... Such How, clear logic. Yeah, clear and concise <laughs> yeah. black and white logic. There. It is It is the latest, though, in a series of international condemnations of the U.S. treatment. And it really says a lot because, you know, the U.S. is such a powerful nation that it usually doesn't, I mean, it gets criticized for foreign policy more than for, like, treating its own people a certain way. So when you've got all these other countries condemning the U.S. for, for shooting people with beanbags in the head, you know, that sort of thing, then that is a big sign that something is wrong here and something is right in the other countries. <laughs> well, I don't know about right in the other countries. Well, they at least know a bad thing when they see one. Well, I mean, yeah. They probably do the same thing to their people too, you know, but... <laughs> well, the difference is, is, you know, they're, they're probably, you know, pointing out how hypocritical, it, yeah. you know, we hold ourselves to a higher standard yeah. of the rest of the world in democracy and peace and all that, and yet now we are... Yeah. What the rest of the world does. Yeah, I was talking about that with people online. You know, people were saying, you know, oh, well, you know, pepper spray, bean bags, that's no big deal. You know, that's, it, that's not going to kill anybody. It's like, we're, we're supposedly the most free country in the world. This is not the sort of behavior that goes on in the most free country in the world. Shooting people in the face with bean bags because you don't agree with what they're saying. <laughs> that's, that's not a sign of a government that respects the, the free speech of its citizens. Speaking of free speech, how big oil's backroom dealing with the GOP revived the Keystone XL. This is not what democracy looks like to revise the chant embraced by Occupy Wall Street. After a popular movement rose up against the proposed Keystone XL project, over a thousand people were actually arrested at one protest outside the White House, and 12,000 people joined hands around it at another. President Obama, Barack Obama 
announced that he would delay the tar sands pipeline until another environmental review was carried out. That actually makes sense. People demonstrate vocal opposition to a measure. Politicians respond, cause and effect. It is, if I may be so bold, how democracy is supposed to work. So why is it that the tar sand pipeline is back in the game? Why are the Republicans suddenly fighting to get a measure approving the Keystone XL tacked on to otherwise bipartisan payroll tax cut bill? Well, there's one simple reason. The oil industry wants them to do it. <laughs> yeah. The it's, oil industry gets what it wants. <laughs> I mean, it's... Bill McKibben, the author of, the founder of 350.org and chief organizer of some of the protests, quote, I know I'm a little naive, but I'm surprised about how out in the open the whole thing is. I mean, is he right? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's, it, it's getting increasingly on the open such things. Uh, uh, the fossil fuel industry has dumped a total of 42 million dollars into the campaign coffers of 234 House members who voted in favor of adding the Keystone provision to the tax cut bill. It's, I mean, I don't know, this is why we need so much uh, campaign finance reform and electoral reform. Well, the Speaker of the House alone got over a million dollars himself. Yeah. I, I mean, mean how is that considered okay where, like, you cut a check to a politician and then they, uh, I mean, sure, it's probably going to the campaign, the campaign rather than just in his pocket, but... It's still the same effect. It's still a bribe. If you would like the full article, please email info at yourcommunityspirit.org and I will send you. This is just the highlights of this article. Backroom dealing, $42 million <laughs> to 234 I don't know. How, why is that allowed? <laughs> well, because they, they paid someone to make it allowed and then now once they got that done, <laughs> you know. It's a, a vicious cycle. The uh, people have spoken, and the politicians say, <laughs> I can't cuss. Yeah. <laughs> people have spoken, the politicians say, well, these other legal persons called corporations uh, spoke too. Well, they dollars. spoke with money, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because dollars are speech now. <laughs> I still think they should have the like the NASCAR jackets, you know. The the representatives should have their corporate sponsors on their suits. So you know who's who they've been bought by. It's much more important than NASCAR, you know. The NASCAR people could loan those suits to the uh, <laughs> to the politicians because and they're flame retardant for when the protesters <laughs> throw stuff at them. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. It's two in one deal. <laughs> it's you know, like, it's like it's the perfect fashion choice. And it has choice. lots of big pockets for when the money comes. Oh yeah, because you never know when you'll be stopped on Capitol Hill with someone with a bag of money. <laughs> you got to be sure to stuff your pockets with yep. it. And it's one size fits all. You yeah. Know? <laughs> you know, they're like, you know, spandex. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that's, oh, I just got a member mind of a Did it politician a, a, a politician in a spandex bright orange suit with logos all over him. <laughs> that's pretty nasty. Uh, all right. Well, on, on less nasty notes, uh, let's, let's talk on, about solar. On less nasty? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let's talk about solar, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Why isn't there solar outside? I don't. I can't. I'm trying to make up a song. <laughs> Try yeah. to warm myself up. If anybody has a good solar song, I think it's about time that we start singing the sun back in. Yeah. You know, the days are getting shorter. Yeah, they are. And if we don't sing the sun back in, it'll just keep drifting away. It's like the solar industry is dead. Hardly. 
U.S. installations set a new record. It's like new figures from the GTM research showed that the U.S. industry is, in fact, the third quarter of 2011 was the best ever for American solar installers. Mm -hmm. And there's a new announcement that China is actually setting its target for solar power by 2015, an increase of 50%. <laughs> yeah. I mean, China's cranking out the solar. Yeah, I mean, China's going ahead with it. <laughs> um, now, some of the details. The third quarter of 2011, there were 449 megawatts of grid-connected photovoltaics installed. And the interesting thing of that is utility installations were the largest percentage. Mm-hmm. Now, the primary reason is there was a federal program that made it so that if you installed it this year, you could write off the whole cost of the system. Yeah. And you can't do that with anything. I mean, it was an 85% depreciation and a 15% tax credit. <laughs> yeah. You literally got 100% of your money back within the first year. Yeah. So that's pretty good. It's yeah. like, why not do it then? <laughs> it's set to expire. In two weeks. Yeah. So it was a one-year program. Yeah. But, you know, large-scale entities like cities, utilities, um, took advantage of the, this program. Yeah. And very large systems got installed. Yeah. Well, and that's good because it'll start shifting, you know, the energy uh, source from, you know, from other sources to solar. And then when people see that happening, you know, it'll it'll build the market. Yeah. And so for the first time ever... I don't know if you've ever heard of grid parity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A grid parity is when another energy source costs the same as the utility power. Yeah. So literally, if you put in a solar system now, the electricity from it costs the same as the electricity from a coal-fired power plant yeah. or a nuke plant. I mean, it's just, in some cases, cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... And grid parity is very important because then that's a big factor in the choice to switch to solar, you know. If they're like, well, it costs about the same as the grid anyway, you know, may as well go for it. <laughs> costs about the same as the grid, is a lot less destructive to the environment, you know, why oh, not go for it? <laughs> today we're observing, well, today's December 16th. So it is. 2011. We are almost to the countdown to the end of the world as we know it. <laughs> yeah. I, that's our theme song. Yeah. The world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. And I feel fine. Today is Human Rights Day and Week, promoting the idea and reality that basic human rights at home and throughout the world are those which without people cannot live in dignity. Now... Did the president actually proclaim this? It's supposed to be proclaimed. <laughs> you know, it's the UN. It's um, I have not seen a proclamation go out. <laughs> so I think they have just eliminated this day. Right. Well, he's probably waiting to see if he signs this this bill or not. The National Defense Authorization Act. He, he probably figures well, if I sign that bill, I can't in good conscience pretend I'm celebrating Human Rights Day. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, if he's really for it, he would sign it today. Yeah, he would. Yeah. yeah. So I haven't looked at I was at, I didn't notice this. I was actually looking at the schedule of things that he's going to sign. I didn't see this on there yet. Cuz I wanted to see if he was signing that other thing about uh the uh taking away our 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 habeas corpus rights. Yeah, so today is supposed to be issued by presidential proclamation that today is human rights day. To advocate human rights is to demand that human dignity of all people be respected. Yeah. 
And that's very important, you know, like I, we, you know, we joke about it because there's some issues going on here in the U.S. with human rights, but, uh, recognition. Some issues. <laughs> some serious issues, <laughs> like the rights being taken away. <laughs> well, that's all the more reason to celebrate, uh, Human Rights Day is to, you know, a lot of people don't realize the importance of human rights when they have them. <laughs> you know, they, they say, oh, you know, I take it for granted. I can say whatever I want. I can do whatever I want. But as soon as you start to lose those rights, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a slippery slope. You know, as soon as you can't say what you want to say, then all sorts of terrible things can happen. And as soon as anybody in your society can just be disappeared because they've been accused of being a terrorist, then that's all other rights start to go away when that happens because anyone could just disappear for saying something else. Well, Monday happens to be UN International Human Solidarity Day. Ah, if that's you another like humans. <laughs> yeah, solidarity with fellow humans. You know. You know. I, I like humans. Yeah. They, they, we, uh, we, we kindly, you know, we, I have mixed feelings about. Yeah, humans. we make our mistakes. You know, we we stumble through life, but uh, yeah, we, we we're got only good human. Hearts. Yeah, we're <laughs> we're only human. But I I try to avoid that saying though, because I I hold high value in the potential of humans to do good. You know, we're human. <laughs> that's a good thing to say. <laughs> well, next Thursday is. The beginning of the winter solstice. Mm-hmm. And winter begins that day in the northern hemisphere and summer in the southern hemisphere. Yes. It's kind of mm-hmm. weird. You know? I wonder if I moved to the southern hemisphere, if my whole life would just be backwards. <laughs> it would flip on its head. <laughs> yeah, it's just like so. It, it wouldn't be backwards. It'd either be six months early or six months late. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Do you want to read any of the, those or get the happenings? Uh, sure. Let's go ahead and get the happenings. I uh, hear there's a rice and spice dinner coming up tonight. Yeah, tonight is the last rice and spice of the year. This will be a Latin holiday party with a salsa dancing party afterwards, sponsored by the Latin American Student Association. That's at Guy House Interface Center, part of the International Slow Food Dinner Fridays, at starting at 6 p.m. Hmm. for the dinner and 10 p.m. for the dance. Huh. Exciting yeah. stuff. It's an exciting way to celebrate the holidays with dancing. <laughs> yeah, it's like with hot food. With hot food to keep you warm and the dancing hot to keep food, you warm. Hot dancing and hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so some other happenings uh, this weekend. The Vigil for Peace. Those are going on uh, Saturdays at noon to 1 p.m. The corner of Maine and Illinois in Carbondale. So has it been 11 years? It's been. No, it's been. been let's see. It's been since the start of the uh, Afghanistan war, I believe, which would be 2003. Uh, so it's been, uh, you know, eight years, uh, almost nine. <laughs> huh. Well. And they were, doing, they were doing them sometimes before that. I think that's when they started doing it every single week. So every, every week for, you know, that long of a time. Uh, they're definitely holding out. Uh, does, peace, does peace have a chance? I think if we give peace a chance. Oh, yeah. War is over if we want it. <laughs> I, I could have sworn this was the season for peace on Earth. Yeah, it is. Sometimes people don't actually celebrate it, though. It's kind of unfortunate. It'd be nice, even if we kept having wars, it'd be nice if you just took a break for a month around uh, the winter holiday season. You know, peace on Earth. <laughs> there is an exhibit through the end of December at the SIU School of Law Library, the UN Declaration of Human Rights. Recognition of Human Rights Day is one of the ongoing activities of the United Nations Association of the USA of Southern Illinois. They pay tribute to all human rights defenders with an exhibit of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights at the SIU School of Law Library. 
please take an opportunity to go see this display. Yeah. And even this, this is an opportunity, you know, even if you can't make it to the display, uh, to read the UN Declaration of Human Rights. Because they offer even more rights than the, the, the U.S. does. Really? You know, yeah. It's, it's a very comprehensive do, list. Do they offer the right for me to get a world passport? <laughs> I don't Can know. Can I be a world citizen? Yeah, you, you could. I mean, actually, I don't think it's explicitly included in there, but freedom of travel is included in there. So I wonder how many people would become a member of the U.N. if that was an option. <laughs> yeah, a world passport. <laughs> you know, it's like, I know they have issued, there is precedent, they have issued passports to people who have been traveling and lost their country. Yeah. <laughs> so the country, you know, turmoil happened in their country. The country's country, gone, yeah. No, you know, UN says that country no longer has any um, rights. Yeah, because it got taken over or right. <laughs> broken into two countries, yeah, you know. So if someone's traveling, they're <laughs> like, okay, well, what am I going to do now? So, <laughs> yeah. Stuck right. in the airport for the rest of your life. <laughs> um, I do have a few newsletter extras. If you get the newsletter... Um, Agenda 21 Wackos on the Move to Stop Smart Growth, and then a banana and coconut French toast that's vegan recipe. <laughs> so those are newsletter extras for the people who got the newsletter. Yeah, that's exciting. So I like coconut and banana and French toast. So I don't know if you can do French toast without, you know, <laughs> eggs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't it's know, not... I read the, I read the recipe, <laughs> and it looks pretty tasty. Yeah. I mean... I mean, I don't think you actually need the eggs to do this recipe. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it looks pretty tasty. good. Yeah. And it's one of those things where if you want to be a purist, you can say, yeah, it's not real French toast, but it's going to taste good. Hey, you excuse know. me. The French don't eat French toast. So it's <laughs> never real French toast. Yeah. <laughs> real <laughs> French American toast, American French toast. Uh. All right. I think this has been another exciting. It has been informative. Uh, I think so. I learned a few things. I didn't. I, I never <laughs> learn anything. I'm stupid. Um, we will see you again on the radio. Yes. Next week. Next week on the radio. Same bat time, same bat channel. Should we just do a whole show of Christmas music next week? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure everyone would love that. We may do a, a holiday song. <laughs> like, we don't want to wear people I'm out teasing, on it, though. <laughs> please listen to the show. Yeah. You can listen. We'll, we'll keep it with one tops, you know. Maybe not even that many. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure there's a lot of satirical ones. We could line up a few oh, ones yeah. that make fun of Christmas songs. Yeah, like I haven't done either of the Weird Al ones yet this year. We could do one of the Weird Al yeah, ones. We could do like something half the fun, show something of... yeah, something that you haven't heard fifty times already by this point. <laughs> All right, we will see you again on the radio next week. Stay energized.